You're my, it's testing at least. Okay, now I've got a, a line for me. Yeah. Tell me about this captain's so I log. Li- I was listening to uh, these guys talking about how uh, journaling is so helpful. I was, especially during um, quarantine, uh, but they were talking about just journaling and productivity, being able to write down things. And they were talking about all the different versions of the journal, like the gratitude journal and all, and the daily planner journal and the, all this sort of stuff. And the, oh man, I still haven't done a today journal. Yeah. Right. And the, uh, so I, anyway, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how with Everbook, it's really great. Cause you just figure out what kind of journal you want and you just right, build your right, own right, right. Yeah. You print it out and you use it. No problem. Then I thought, what? I wonder if there's a, an app. So here's the app. So, because I said, you know what I would love to do is like to be like, I was watching Picard. I, I, how did I know you were watching Star Trek? I thought you hated this stuff, but you really are. You're a closet Trekkie, aren't you? Mm-hmm. This no. is so, this is so, okay. But, I, I saw this know, going so, Star Trek, you know, a couple seconds ago and I wanted to jump in. I was like, you know, start date 21, 43. And, that's what uh, it says. It, Captain's, you know, log. Captain's Log. Yeah, Captain's yeah. Log. So, June 8th. <laughs> So, so you want to be so, Picard. Okay, cool. So the so you're, here's how the app works. They say, okay, Google or okay, Siri, Captain's Log, daily. And then it has prompts. Oh. <laughs> That's the problem. You actually said it. There was I interrupting when I don't actually say it. It's like, come on, uh, Siri. So, uh, so, so then it, and then it's, and then you, if you say you have daily or evening. Right, or, right, right. Captain's Log, Gratitude. And then it has prompts that you've set. Maybe it's even your own voice. And it's like, what three things are you thankful for? That's awesome. And you just speak into it. And next question. Uh, and then it gives wow. you the next question. So what you're what doing you is you're to? trying to create a slip box out of, a, uh, out of an app based on questions, right? Yeah. And then – Yeah, okay. And, then, and so then it, it records it for you and then it transcribes it. And then it, yeah. you have it, it's online oh, so man. you can just okay. go to your log. You're, you're probably two or three years away from the AI for the transcribing and, and all that. But uh, you could do most of that right now I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So your mommy has got it. So he's so, and then it, you, so you have awesome. a, like a running blog that you could do. Oh. So you could search your log. You could go back and read it. It could, it could, the audio could play back for you, or you could look at the transcription. You could go in and edit it. You could actually do it manually online. So yeah, I'm, I'm following you. I'm tracking with the whole vision on this thing. But you just, you just mentioned Yamabe, who we probably should mention, and and then you're Brian, and I'm Jonathan, <laughs> or you're Pastor Wolfmuller, and I'm Pastor oh, yeah, Fizz. We're recording, and we're recording. This is awesome, and uh, this is the first. This is the inaugural episode of Stop the White Noise, a weekly thirty minutes with. Uh, Pastors Wolf Mueller and Fisk, as we look for clearer words, smarter notes, and getting more good done. Uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, so he and I have our various industrial selves always at work. We're always jesting and uh, competing a little bit with each other because th- that's how teams get better, honestly. Um, and so uh, we, we've known for a while we should probably chat more often and that we've known for a while that you don't mind listening to it. So as as I realized this past week, and now i got to do business on my end for half a second here, Brian, um, that uh, the Saturday morning chill being rebroadcast as a podcast, being something I've thought was a dream and like really glad and thought think it's working pretty well and given more time would be, get even better, I'm going to have to pull the plug on it because of – and Brian, you're going to love this – Copyright, right? Royalties. So I've I've got this amazing setup now where my show has music and art and all this stuff going on, but the music can only be used on YouTube. 
I can buy it. It's amazing. And it's only on YouTube. And so I cannot rebroadcast this unless I want to pay this poor young man named Gus. Who, I mean, I pay him a little bit, but not enough to go through and cut out all the music for the podcast. So what we're going to do instead on this podcast channel, Once Upon a Time Rev Fisk Raw, uh, does, in the how meantime. How does Gus have like a normal name? How come Gus is not like the, the coconut ninja or something? Well, oh, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's because it's not his real name. He's got oh, a not. he's got a much better real name than that, much better real name than that. <laughs> oh, Gus is a. I didn't know. I didn't know you could have a real name as a as a. Well, I mean, what's, what is a nickname? It's, it's a fake name, um, uh, a faking name, a faking name. Now I don't remember what I was saying. I was talking about right. well, it was so business you're, stuff. You're, oh, you're, you're transitioning the podcast. So, so we have this podcast stuff. space that that and, and a lot of you who are on Patreon supporting me have like you know this is where you inter- engage with me and all this and I'm like oh my goodness I cannot drop that space that space is important we built it you know there's there's 800 to 1200 downloads uh, every time we put out something major and I was like wait a minute is anybody in that space going to be angry if Brian and I just do 30 minutes a week and I'm like well maybe like 10 of them but but me. everyone else <laughs> everyone else will be like oh yeah that sounds better. Like, why, why weren't you doing that before, guys? So so th- that's what we're going to use this space for. Um, it'll be under the Mad Christian banner and whatever other banners uh, Brian wants to stamp on it. But again, uh, stop the white noise. What we're going to be doing here is just interfacing. Our theology will come out, but the, the goal a little bit is some of that, that hacking, understanding, um, learning. I mean, the more that, that this book, uh, How to Take Smart Notes, is, is into me, and I'm processing it, uh, the idea that hacking right this in or this entrepreneuring is a is a niche it, i think is being exposed in my head at least as the lie what it really is is a pursuit of understanding and if you want to pursue understanding you're going to end up being an entrepreneur of some kind and, and what's understanding is learning uh, and they're really awful close to each other in fact i've not been able to distinguish them now that i've started trying to i think they're kind of the only difference would be that learning is the first time you understand something so it's your first understanding, and then after that, it's, it's all so, – so in any case, Brian and I are going to get together to talk about this kind of stuff here. Um, it is not going to be explicitly theological, but as you know with he and I, we won't be able to stop ourselves from letting our worldview have a lot to do with what we think and say. Uh, and we're setting a timer, 30 minutes. I mean it's uh, – we're, we're at 11 because we started a little bit late, and, and we're going to cut it off at 8.30 so we can always do it at this time every week, which this time this week – I've decided to start recording these things this way, Brian. What do you think? Today is the fourth day of the Ides of June. Yeah. Does that mean I've, anything to you? I've, no, I've seen that on the Mad Christian thing. So in the in the pagan moon tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've, I'm trying to use like the real meanings of all the like names of days and stuff that we have. Like on Thursday, yeah. we're like worshiping Thor. Like we're not. I'm not worshiping Thor. But we do call it Thor's Day, and that's actually what we're calling it. And so why not? And then to think about, you know, the ancient world thought of this this day of the week have, as being like unto Thor. It had something to do with him. And if you look, at, think about your Thursday, the way they thought about Thor, look at the stories, you can actually connect it to an emotional feeling for the day that's pretty wise. And you can kind of think about weekly patterns and time. I like to do that. And one of the things that's been in my head a little bit recently, this comes back to actually, Brian, this comes back to the clock wasn't what God made. The clock made the stars and the sun and the moon for seasons and times and days. Right. And we don't track anything by that much as individuals anymore. And so I started asking, what if I tried to live my life according to the actual lights God gave me to live by? I'm not going to be a legalist about this. I'm just experimenting with it. But this, like, you know which one I've paid the least attention to? It's called the moon. I, 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 I don't even know the thing, like, exists. Like, oh, look, there's a full one sometimes. But the more I look into it and, and, and then reminded of things like Shakespeare and Julius Caesar and the Ides of March, 
The ancient world believed that the moon's movements had a lot to do with, well, lunacy and, and lunatics. That's the word luna is right there. And I, I, I don't know that I believe any of that. But I do think the moon's gravitational pull is a fascinating thing to follow, and the odds the odds that the last week of utter chaos has also been all along the coming of the Ides, the full moon, the werewolf rising, you know, everything that's happened crazy in the last week has been in the Ides of June. I just have to, like, smile at the irony of everything. So the so I always thought the Ides meant the halfway point of the month, like the fifteenth or the sixteenth, but it's, it has to do with the full moon. Well, so so it is the day of the full moon is the start of the Ides. Okay. Which is usually near the middle of the month. I'm just learning this as of yesterday, so please don't consider me an expert and correct me if you need to, anybody. Um, but my understanding, based on my reading on Wikipedia, granted I'm an ignoramus, um, but the the Ides would be the way to describe the actual day of the full moon and then everything that follows that until the Calends, which is the beginning of the next cycle. No, no, you have this antedam time. Anyway, I'm still working on it. All right. The, now, the, day I, of the, full moon, the day of the full moon in June was the 5th. So we are okay. following that full moon now. Today would be then the fourth day of the Ides. My, my brother, who's an EMT, always would talk about – they'd always were ramping up and getting extra staff for full moon. It's, it's not a joke. That's why I've heard this. It's like it's an urban myth though. So, I mean, who am I and who do I trust? There's no experts, right? So, you know, I don't know. But I'm just going to track it to see what happens in my own personal like – like body I'm, I'm looking at biorhythm kind of thinking right like like that i'm not going to necessarily be paying attention to prophetic ending of the world kind of stuff um i don't really believe in it the way a lot of people do uh even though you and i definitely are eschatological uh but i won't be able to help but notice things like oh look did we all riot during the full moon huh <laughs> you know what's that about Oh goodness! So, but that's not really what we're here to talk about. Have I ever have I ever told you this? This that there, there's four cycles that we use, but one of them has no connection, no no ball that it connects to. So you have your year, which is the sun. Yeah. You have your month, which is the moon, and you have your day, which is the earth. But there, we have the week, which doesn't correspond to anything circular, except God, I guess. Except for the creation, yeah. there's a there's an intrinsic seven day pattern. It's a, it's a funny thing that that even the pagans, like the Chinese and the Romans, I think, had seven-day weeks. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. It's built into creation. Like, you can't avoid it, even though the, the year is the, off by a leap day, right? I mean, it's uh, it's still The communists there. tried to do this. They tried to go to a five-day work week. You know this? They tried to go to a five-day week. They did this in Russia. I'm sure. And, they, and the idea was there's no weekend, so get rid of church. I mean, there's right, you know, right. And then every day— uh, Every one you'd have, you'd work for four days and be off for five, which would be off for the fifth. So it's a 20% instead of a one seventh break or whatever, but it would, it was rotating. So depending on who you were, so everybody was working all the time, but, but it was like 80% of the workforce was working all the time. Hmm. So no one had a, had a weekend and it worked for like three days. <laughs> it just, they might've gotten I, to the first weekend, right? I, I, <laughs> I like our whole, there's a, there's the, like the whole body rebelled against the thing. I can, nice. I can only imagine. And that's part of my, my thinking too. I believe that I think COVID, my COVID experience has taught me that my body was being asked to do things that a human body wasn't made to do by American civilization and uh, particularly travel. Not that you can't travel or shouldn't travel. I never will travel. I'm just going to realize what it did to me when I did it and uh, how it impacted my thinking and even my spiritual condition, whether I prayed that day, those kinds of things, because it can disrupt. It disrupts the patterns of life. And the patterns of life, I believe, were set in the sky by God now, right? That's my little experiment with the moon. 
But so Brian and I are having this stop the white noise conversation ongoing because we believe there are patterns in life designed by a creator and that they can be observed by those who both believe and do not believe in Jesus. And so we can learn a lot from them. And we've been doing that for years. Uh, we are fans of getting things done. Uh, we are now both fans of a guy named Aaron's and whoever else he pulled from to self-publish a book called How to Take Smart Notes, which still, to my knowledge, no one knows about except for a few people, but highly recommended. We love all sorts of hacking and understanding because we like to learn. We like to grow and we like to share what we know because we find that – how does the Bible say it? Uh, You know, iron sharpens iron. So we're going to use this space to talk about this kind of stuff, all connected to though and not leaving behind an old project of ours that some of you have asked about. Not enough of you, I got to say. Not enough. But some of you have asked about Everbook. Where's Everbook? So – where we last left our heroes, way back on a different podcast, uh, Brian was taking a call, and there was no such thing as coronavirus. I mean, it's, it was it was so far away from that. Um, I had a pretty big life change happen too. What did we do? We closed a building. That's right. That was like a year ago, man. Um, uh, so we were closing a building, and I, you know, interesting stuff going on here in Rockford. Um, what happened, Brian? I mean, did we just give up? No. So the next thing is we're. So we were we what how did we we put some money into the thing to you, did. you know copyright <laughs> and design stuff and we had a website and and everything else and but all the momentum was we we want to actually have a a product to offer people right. as a support for this idea and um and that was going to be good because if a couple of people bought the thing then it would th- that would keep the kind of momentum going mm-hmm. so. Uh, we had a connection with a leather worker in India, uh, and they we sent for samples, and he sent us. He made it was that's kind of long, you know, shipping back and forth from India, but uh, he made us a f- kind of first run sample. Uh, it was okay. We I tested it, you tested it. We asked for some modifications. That came back the same thing. You tested it, I tested it. There was things we liked, things we didn't like. Uh, and there was some communication difficulties kind of getting across. And then, and well, then everything uh, sort of – Let me interrupt we, there. So we want to make sure that if we ever actually put our name on something for you to buy, like that we produced – I'm not talking about Redbubble, right? Like we produced this. We want to make sure you feel like you spent your money on something. You, it was worth it, right? And, and yeah, we, just, yeah. we just didn't feel like this was going to do that. So I have uh, – but we're, this is a podcast, but I, ha- I have that sample hanging around. I pulled it out the other day. There were some good things about it, bad that we just weren't pleased with it. And so then we we're like, well, maybe if we could find a manufacturer that was local. Uh, so I called a couple local leather manufacturers. I never got anywhere. Uh, I think you were looking into a couple up there that's also just never got it. And then all of a sudden we're moving, selling a house, all that. And so it just sort of, but well, then so kind of fast forward 10 months, we have good neighbors that live behind us that we met uh, that we're visiting with. And they, we were talking about our families and the, their son, he says, yeah, there has a, a leather company where he has <laughs> invented kind of new things. In fact, he, Colin, uh, uh, Colin, oh, for heaven's sake. No, no, Murdy Creative, I think is the name of it. Colin Murdy is the name of the gentleman, Mur, Murdy Creative. And he, he, he likes to do stuff that, um, uh, that just will never wear out. So <laughs> like he has those, he, he, he did invented a journal where you can like put an ever, uh what is it moleskin in it uh-huh but he didn't like the way that normal ones had the attachments uh like with the little rope and yeah, right, right. flopping around so he he actually made this piece of metal that you put down the spine of the book and that has 
screw where you can screw it into the back of the journal. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, so it's a big industrial sort of thing, and the and the thing closes with leather straps that the pin goes down into. Hmm. So, hmm. so he, like he is inventing ways to make sure that his stuff is really durable. So I sh- I showed him the idea. I sent him some notes on the Everbook, and he was he liked it, but he was. But he's but he's telling me he's like I, I want to do it because of the elastic band. Like he mm-hmm. made a vow to like have nothing, nothing to wear to out. It. Yeah, right. And so he liked the idea. He was trying to come up with ways around it, but the elastic band is kind of. Did I tell you that I I don't use a band anymore? Mm-mm. I don't use a band. Mm. Every once in a while, I do. I'll band two or three ever books together with a book to read and carry all four like in a bundle. But mm-hmm. I, I do not use a band anymore, generally speaking. And the move to smart notes and note cards particularly is making that even more easy so that, frankly, the the Everbook cover is becoming, for me, the archiver. It's becoming the, the secondary place. I'm using a clipboard as my primary just so I always have note cards able to write on them. And then the slip box idea, I, I am actually using a box now, and we should probably talk about that more just as a as an introductory um, I am not done reading through how to take smart notes yet. It introduced me to a concept called the slip box. I think it's the worst branding possible ever. Um, Everbook integrates with this so nicely. I'm working on a way to distill the concepts of it so that it can be um, shared with you, published to be, to share with you the fan base. Um, uh, but Brian is kind of a resource for me on that then because he and I, you know, in the past we try to say like, how, what is the what is the substance of Everbook? If we're trying to teach it. What what's the the six bullet points we give to everybody and anybody can teach it and we haven't found that because we we've uh, you get caught in the detail of your own mm-hmm. applications to mm-hmm. it and what the slipbox stuff has helped me see a little bit is more of what I think you maybe were already doing as a system inside of it and let me apply that and then the, uh, these note cards I can't even believe what a just a a technological advancement they are over paper. It, they are incredible for uh, moving quickly through information, storing longer or shorter form information. It's unbelievably accurate. Yeah, no, no. So, I mean, what do you think? That's just my inter- – like, I'm reading a book. <laughs> no, so I have, I, have inter- I have a couple of questions about that. But let me just, let me just tie off the Colin connection because yeah, what sure, happened sure, sure. was he – like three people contacting, contacted him asking him if, he's, if he'd ever heard of Everbook. Just strangers that know, or people that know his huh. stuff and are using it, huh. contacting him, asking, and he's like, whoa, whoa, "Wait, Everbook and Fisk and Wolfmiller, Everbook?" And they're like, "Yeah, do you have one? Can I do use something?" And he's like, "How come? What?" <laughs> so, so some people out there were like, like trying to look around, for right, their own trying to find stuff. it, right, which is and good. So it's like, okay, maybe I need to revisit this. So he came to visit, and I showed him mine, and he was like, "All right, I'm in." Oh, cool. he, he saw he saw my thing and he saw how beefy it was and he said this the design is just sort of like incredibly elegant. Huh. So then we've just been <laughs> well, brainstorming. Uh, Brian, ways. Brian, it's, it, I guess it's probably rare people tell you that, but you're just you're just not used to hearing it. We're all saying that about everything you do all the time. So I, I'm surprised that you were even encouraged by the words. That's got to be boring by now to hear that I so often. <laughs> this is like walking elegance everywhere I go. Wow. <laughs> Well, Look like at that. the elegance of his design. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, 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 so he, he's adopting the project. Yeah. So he's, he's in now. <laughs> then the question was, well, what do we do about the elastic band? And we, we, I said, let's just make it replaceable on purpose. Let's ship it with four replacement things. Right. And so, 
And 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 let's just make it where people can adjust no, it. That makes me think of something. You keep talking. And so and so he's like, all right, we're in. So I got a note from him last night that uh, he's ready to send pictures of the prototypes. So so anyway, so the so the thing, the actual physical leather journal is uh, is ready to go. So so that's exciting. So that's so that's number one reason why we can sort of I think kick this podcast back into back into action and, and get it going because hopefully in the next month or so there'll be something that we can hold up and show and say hey this is available he he, he can do it where uh you know he can customize each one and guarantee it and, it, and it's nice for us because we don't have to worry about any product or anything like that it's he, he's used to doing the high-end leather stuff so it's the it's a really it he's going to put the ever in ever book now the technology. Okay, so here's the technology though. I'm I'm in. I want to ask you about smart notes because I read this thing, just as a very like practical, like here here's some things you can do. Here's a here's a here's a way. Here's how I read it. Here's a way that you can organize your files, so that you can let your 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 interaction, your thinking, and your thoughts interact with one another. Uh, so I read it in very, so you're, you're pulling a lot of the, the mystic juju out of this book. I read it on a very sort of practical. I'm level. looking at this like an etymologist. Does that, does that mean anything if I say that? Isn't that a person that studies bugs? No, that'd be an entomologist. I'm oh, okay. an etymologist. You're an etymologist too. It's a person who studies words. Yeah. Right. But that was my thing before scripture. Like I went to school for English to write. And my favorite class was the history and structure of the English language. I adored it. It was so much fun. And I taught my teacher sentence diagramming because she didn't think it was worth it. And I had to convince my college professor that sentence diagramming worked and made me the writer that I am. So in any case, I'm reading this book as a treatise on communications and understanding and the meaning of language itself, which is my own kind of hobby, like just intuitively my whole life. So yeah, it's, it's having a pretty large impact on me existentially, not on my faith, really. I wouldn't say that. Um, just more in realms of kind of the structure of creation and how language can enable you to be more than the, the sum of your thoughts. Um, and how writing as a gift particularly enables you to get out of the white noise. That's, mm -hmm. that's just it. it. You're out of the white noise when you write to yourself. And journaling, cool as it is, and we can talk about that, but the difference between journaling and smart notes right off the bat from this kind of level is that journaling, you never really are intending to change it. And smart notes, you're writing it to write it again. And mm -hmm. the problem with the book is, is scholastic. So it's like, well, you're going to go to school to write papers the rest of your life anyway. So that's not a problem, right? But like for anybody else who doesn't consider themselves a writer, how do you teach them to, to write in order to write again to convince them that it's not really about writing or publishing? It's about getting out of the white noise. So for me, this is more than a practical way to publish. This is a way to give yourself a cheat sheet for tomorrow that really works. And it's yeah, kind of amazing. You you've integrated it into your uh, into your sort of workflow yep. in a way that I that I couldn't have foreseen. Really, I thought yeah. that was what this is 
four. Like from the start, I'm like, oh, really? Well, then I'll try. And like that was like page three. <laughs> so, so uh, well, so I shouldn't say that. Like, um, I, I don't know. So- I, I'm taking a gambit. He said, he said at the start of this thing, and it was like COVID's just hitting, so I kind of had the space to let it be an experiment. But he said at the start of this thing that you can you can have your slip box be where everything is. And you can go to it and you will only work on what you want to and everything will get done. In fact, you'll do more than you were doing before. And it's been happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. Like I'm terrified. Like what did I forget? But it, I mean I'm doing more right now than I've ever done and I'm not even tired. I'm not, I'm, I don't okay. feel like I'm doing anything. I'm being yeah. lazy. It's crazy. Uh, th- that is great because – so OK. So what this – so the idea of the slip box – well, so maybe here's the broad outline for people. Like what, what do you guys talk about smart notes and slip boxes? Is, is the idea it's it was it was made for like you said for academic writing so it's assuming that you're reading in order to write and publish and uh and normally how does that go he says the normal way you write something is you think of what you want to write and then you go and read and sort of backfill and he says no that's backwards and th- that's drags you down and there's a lot of things wrong with that i realized by the way that that that's how we're taught to preach and how yeah. how I preach is the I've been working on I've been working from the opposite way of preaching. So have I told you my a metaphor for preaching, by the way, how it fits in? Um, no, yeah. but go for it. We're, we're short on time unless you want to go over, which we can. I'm, I'm cool with it today. I was late. But so this is uh, I'm up. I, I, worldwide Bible class starts in an hour and a half. So that's when my limits are. But uh, the I, I, I signed documents to close a house in five hours. So I gotta let's be not, at that. Let's not do it. Congratulations, by the way. I'm so excited, man. So the 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 preacher is like the cook at a prison camp. So so you just have you know the these pictures of the old prison camp. You just have this big stew pot, huh. and yeah. you're just throwing all the leftovers in the stew pot, it and it's keeps stewing. Cooking. Yeah. And then when someone else comes up, you just dish out whatever's cooking. So you're filling the pot with everything. It's a melting and then pot. It's this slip box. <laughs> the pot is this. Slip yeah, box. right. That's true. So you're filling it up, and then whatever you know, you're always working on. But the the thing is, it. then, so how do you? The, the fear would be, how do you know what's going to come out? And that's where the uh, table of contents being more than a table of contents idea is really, really key. And I'm I'm still working on how to integrate that to teach it. And so what I don't want to do right now is even try, because what I what I'm all I have another gambit. I have two gambits. One was I'm going to try this and just see what happens. And you know, if I, if by the time COVID was over, which would be you know two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was in utter chaos. I'd be pulling the plug, but it's not. It's getting clearer and clearer. Um, so the other gambit has been okay. The 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 thesis of the book. Let me try to get it this way. The thesis of the book is whenever you read, you should write. Straight up. Like, that's it. That's the whole thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're reading your grocery list, you should be rewriting it. If you're reading your list, uh, don't take a picture of your list. You should rewrite it. Why? Because it'll get better. That's why. And you'll remember more things and you'll add things and you'll make new lists and it will just be more and more. So, you should never, ever, ever review anything unless you're going to write it. That's the thesis of the book. So, and and, he, and then he says very early, if you do that, you'll be able to publish books before you even realize you had one written. You're just going to have a bunch of notes, and they're going to be in line. You're like, oh, if I type that, I could publish that. Look at that. And you'll publish 58 books like the guy who who created the system. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I'll do? 
I'm going to take notes on this book while I read it. Like this is page three. I'm going to take notes on this book while I read it very carefully. I'm going to distill it into an 80-page ebook that summarizes what he says and gets it out of the scholastic world so we can actually make use of this thing. And that'll be the test. If I can do that, his thesis is correct. And if I cannot, well, we'll see. So if what I would like those who are listening who are not going to go buy the book right away because you're scared of the scholastic part to know is that you got something from me coming that wants to give this to you, like on a platter, okay? Um, and then uh, uh, if you are the hacker first adopter, just go buy the book. Just go buy the book. And remember, the thesis is when you read, you should write. And if you do, it will get better. And then there's more to it. The filing system is genius. There's a bunch of other pieces in there, the, the practical things. But that that's more than just philosophy. That's about like how do I stop having the TV tell me what to do? Really? How do I really do that? How do I remember what I thought today, tomorrow, in enough of a way to not be swayed by all of the other pressures of the world? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, you write it down. That's how. And then you adjust it and, and you fight back. You fight back. So that's, that's a lot there, Brian. I just give a big spiel. But, um, no, that's great. I, and I think we probably – and this is probably what we should do next week is just simply dig into the, some of the ideas of this book so that there's first notes so that you're capturing everything that you're reading, that you're thinking about. Mm. I've been taking notes when I listen to podcasts now. Yeah, good. Which is – so that's the idea. Or even like, you do all that listening. You're like, I'm not learning anything. You really like, – yeah. you kind of are. You are, but not nearly as much as you could be. Mm-hmm. Just write it down. And then, and, then you're, and then you're looking through your notes and you're saying, okay, what, what thoughts, what ideas do I want to have? Do I want to not lose? Because, you know, if the mind is for having ideas, not for holding ideas, and yet you have an idea, but it's not connected to a project that you're immediately working on. It's not connected to a conversation that you need to have. In other words, if there's an idea that's disconnected from a project or a next action, what do you do with it? If you're using getting things done, where does it go? And so the the, the slip box, the external brain, the, uh, the, external the, brain. the note... External uh, brain. I mean, it is. It's a brain. That's the place. So I can put it there. And so, th- so then, I, so now it can. So just a, this is how this the joy it's kind of giving me. If I can imagine, that I'm going to have a a place that has that's just a collection of ideas or things that I've noticed, observed, thought, learned, and it gave me joy and delight, such that I thought it's worth the time to capture this. Now to go back and visit that, it's not like going through my. It's not like going through my file cabinet where I've got tons of stuff that is meaningless. Everything there connects to something. something that yeah connects to something. Yeah, and and that's where the even the workflow has been like that to the level that um like I keep working even when I'm like oh, I'm gonna rest. I'll sit down like oh what's this? Oh yeah, oh, I love this. <laughs> so I just keep doing it, you know, because it it everything that's there. Even the things that are like, there's like a, a to-do I have to do that shows up, right? But it's not in a list of to-dos. It's actually connected to a project that I really care about and I'm all already working on right now. And so it, it's really kind of, um, it's been been stunning. Um, you mentioned first notes. So terminology, I'm creating some terminology because I don't think there is any in the book. I'd love if, if the book gave us real good keywords. The ones it gives are so immemorable. Um, so first note you mentioned, this is like your initial note that you're, you're not going to keep this. You've got to write stuff down whenever you're listening to reading stuff um, and you're planning to rewrite it into a more permanent form. And then from first note, you eventually get into this deeper idea, deep notes. These are things you've written that are like permanent structural guides or thoughts that you want to return to. Um, these are not quotes generally. A single quote could be there, but they would be your own 
instructions. Um, and, I, and, you know, we can talk more about that. But the, the, the move from first note to deep note, I got one more thing that I've kind of developed out of the terminology, Brian, that I haven't shared with you yet. And that's what you do when you go to the note. So you, as opposed to processing, uh, or which I think is sort of how getting things done, reviewing, uh, talks about it this way. Um, I want to talk about uh, T notes uh, or teeing up the note. So, but you got to have it be T E A. So there, there are three things you want to do with your note every time you go to it. Uh, you want to translate it, you want to elaborate on it, and you want to activate it. Now, you may not do all those things every time. So the simple thing is, I'm going to translate it. That's why I'm going to rewrite my note. Right? But it's not just copy. I'm going to translate it. I'm going to think about what I said. I'm going to say it again better. And that'll, that way, when I look at it next time, it'll be more clear what I got to do. Like I won't be distracted by other stuff. I'll exactly know what I'm talking about. The more you do that, the better. That's translate. Elaborate. That's when you have a new idea, which might make a new note eventually, but just put it there for now, right? Just keep elaborating on it. And the next time you translate, start a new note. It's really easy to start a first note. And then finally, the activate is like, oh, I don't need a note. I need to talk to somebody. I need to do, you know, pick up a hammer, whatever. So activate it. Go do it. Uh, Teen up the note. So you got a first note and then you tee it up. It becomes deeper, but it's not yet a deep note. It's in an editing process or a T-note process, but eventually it's going to become a deep note where you're reviewing it and using it to go further into more notes or you're putting new no- new deep notes behind it. And then there's this other thing called – I'm calling them past notes, Brian. And I don't know. I've got I've got a section now where it's, it's really beyond a deep note. It is reference, um, and it's just I, – I don't know. I may never even go back to it. So I really don't want to keep it with my deep notes. Uh, it's, yeah. just, it's just kind of there. So that's a past note. But it's still good, right? It's good content, all that stuff. So that's all – that's not in the book. None of that's in the book. It is. It's all in the book. I just use different words because I don't think the book's going to help us absorb it fast enough. And that's what I want to do for us in line with the Everbook launch two to three months from now. Right? I hope it's not that long. I went uh, – I grabbed all my old <laughs> – I need that uh, much time journal. for the book. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed all my old notes and journals uh. and uh, and I've been uh, kind of working through those. Oh, cool. The ball, and to say, okay, what ideas did I have here that I jotted down? It's sermon notes and lecture notes and all this sort of stuff that there's no – and what do I want to pull out? Can you imagine – let, let me throw in that very thought. And you can do this way more than I can because so much of my stuff has been E and it's just gone now. But like imagine if Luther had had this system. Luther's mm-hmm. works would actually be in order of everything he wanted you to know. It'd be amazing. It'd be a systematics, right? So you can do this. You're probably already working on it. You're going to leave behind a systematics effectively. And based on what I've seen of the structure of your book, your your, your box, um, maybe I haven't had this thought yet based on what you shared with me about the structure of your slip box, but I'm having it now. You have a systematics. That's what you're doing. You're writing a systematics. Thank God we need one. Please don't stop. That's so wonderful to know. Mine's not a systematics. Mine is a pile of I don't even know what yet. I can't even call it what it is yet. But um and that's that's how diverse this thing is. Anybody can use this for anything and our goal uh at Stop the White Noise is to help you use it to stop the white noise and do whatever you want to do. Which hopefully will be wait, I had I had it earlier. I said it once. I gotta I gotta get in practice. Will hopefully be clearer words, smarter notes, and getting more good done. Pastor Brian Wolf Mueller, he is at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Don't confuse him with Pastor Jonathan Fisk. That's me at St. Paul. Lutheran Church in Rockford, Illinois, and we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks to see, Yamabe doesn't have a fake name either. Yeah, what's going on? Well, we got to name Yamabe now, but he, everybody knows. The Fruit Ninja. He was um he was the uh, the hamster video guy during the Harrison original campaign. Do you remember this? There was this commercial for Kia with these like dancing hamsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this and that or whatever. And he took it and he spliced it and he put in like different versions of the LCMS. 
and I he put in me and then like some cross point guy right against each other, not this but not that. That's Yamabe back in the issues, etc. Revelation, Re- revolution days. Anyway, he's 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 our our glorious editor. Thanks to uh, to Gus, who is our glorious uh, uploader and note taker or placer or copywriter, whatever. Um, and uh, we'll be back soon enough. This took way too long. We'll be only thirty minutes next time. We swear. Bye bye. Oh wait, that's not the right thing. <laughs>